If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what piece of advice would you give yourself? That, that is the worst. Oh, it's one of the laziest questions. I'm so tired of hearing it uh, when people are asking uh, questions of someone in an interview. But, okay, but right now, if I were thinking about it, if I had to go back in time and tell myself one piece of advice that would have literally like saved me years of frustration. The one, the greatest piece of advice I would have given my younger self was fucking relax. I would have, I would have grabbed myself by the cheeks, look myself in the eye and smush my cheeks together and said, you need to learn how to not give a shit about the things you give a shit about. Okay, maybe I need to stop being so hard on myself. I when I look back on myself, man, I was so freaking eager. If you if I could paint a picture for you of what I looked like when I was younger, when it came to my entry into music, it, it would, you'd just visualize almost someone running around in circles and looking around everybody. What do you need? I'll do it. Do you need anything? Can I help you in any way? Do you need that? I mean, my, my first studio session, I remember I being in, I was, I stuck around afterwards and I remember vacuuming the studio <laughs> with the engineer after the, the first day of the session. And I look back and I think about that kid Man, and I actually now, I've gotten to a point where I really love that younger Rob who's just like, I just want to help. I want to be helpful. I want people to know that I'm helpful. And then maybe they'll ask me back. And it was just, it was sweet. I gave a shit about people. I gave a shit about the things I was working on. Uh, but it was really at the same time, at the same time as just that sweetheartedness, uh, just caring about what we were doing and the people I was doing it with and just wanting to be helpful to those around me. That, I don't even want to say mindset, that like way I held myself. Because, yeah, because it was a way, it was a way of existing. Uh, that really screwed me in a lot of different ways. And uh, and by the, that, I mean this. I, I viewed my job specifically as a bass player. That's the world I found myself in, but it could be any, it could be in anything. I viewed my job as to, my job was to figure out what someone else wanted me to be. And my job was then to as quickly and as uh, like as efficiently as possible, be whatever they needed me to be so that, you know, I, then they, they would hire me or they would ask me, they would want me around I mean, I'm not going to get into it super deep right now, but at the core of it, it really has to do with the fact that I am a recovering people pleaser. And I just like, yeah, there's a, there's a little, there's a smidgen of helpfulness in there. There's a splash of manipulation. There's a smattering of fear. There's a smidge of insecurity. Well, there's a massive dose of insecurity in with all of that. But I would, 
And so many times I found myself going into a new situation, whether it was musically, if I was auditioning for something, or if I was just simply meeting someone new, I would go in and I just had this like almost frantic energy just to be, oh, that's nice to meet you, whatever. If you've been listening to this podcast for for longer than the past couple of years, since I started a few years back, I'm sure you're thinking, man, Rob, you, that frantic energy isn't necessarily gone away. But okay, maybe it's not really maybe even about energy necessarily, but I think it's that I walked around for so many years of my life unaware of how bad I smelled. And the stink wasn't a body odor. It was the stink of desperation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Uh, I, years back, I remember stumbling over a writing of Alan Watts. I think it was who said like he had this, he had this belief that we as human beings have this subconscious radar that even if we're unaware of it, that we can pick up subconsciously when interacting with somebody else, if they want something from us, even even as little as they want us to be just something other than we are right now for positive or negative, that literally puts off a subconscious vibration, this energy between you and the other person that someone can pick up on. And it's repulsive. It's uncomfortable. I, you don't, I don't want to be around this person that like just desperately wants something from me. And that absolutely crosses over into our creative and professional lives. There's a super common trope uh, that floats around there in the zeitgeist of the working world that I think is really true that says people want to hire people that are already working. Now that, and now that I think of it, and I've, that's been sitting with me for a while, I think there's actually two thoughts within that statement. First, there's this idea that my friend Aaron Ankrum hit me two years ago that what you attract people with, you attract people to. People want to hire people they've seen doing the thing they want to hire you to do. But then I think there's also the side that is people want to hire people that don't need them to hire them. I was recently listening to... Oh, man... My buddy Joel, uh, my buddy Joel did a massive grill out a couple nights ago and I got a bunch of leftovers and he grilled and smoked a ton of chicken. So I'm just having like chicken onion sandwich burp right there. This is a poor timing for that. Um, <laughs> that burp, that burp tasted so bad, uh, that I literally, that I, I lost my train of thought what I was saying. Oh yeah. Okay. In, recently I stumbled on a, uh, talk that Nick Offerman was doing. He was being interviewed. I think it was for one of those Oxford union addresses. And in the talk, he was, he was talking about just this, how, uh, how one of the greatest keys to success is to learn to not give a shit. Here's what he said. When you're doing an interview or an audition or trying to get that thing that you want so badly that you feel a desperation, it's so hard to to not go in the room and be like, hi. (laughs) If you you could please love me, that would be great. And people tell you this, you know, they're, they're like, if you want to get the job, you stand a much better chance if you don't give a shit. And that simple power, if, if you walk into the room, and it's not, it's not being cocky or anything, it's just like, 
a naturalism where you're saying, hello, I'm Nick. You know, I'm, this is me. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fr hopefully you understand that I'm friendly. I, I'm professional. I'm prepared. I'm going to do my best. I'm, I know I'm going to give you a solid reading. Maybe I won't be right in some way, but, I, but if they can tell that you don't give a shit if you get it or not, it's inscrutable. It makes them want you. Now, if I would have heard this talk, uh, even as recently as a few years ago, I it would have confused me. This is actually the, this has been the uh, one of the biggest questions of my life when it comes to all this is how do I not give a shit about something? when I really do give a shit about something? How do I not give a shit about an audition that I really want to land? As I'm thinking about it, three things right now come to mind that I've implemented in my life to, as I have like, man, this, cause this, I'm, I'm, ki I'm, I'm not kidding you. Like I do not personally know anybody that has struggled with this more than I have. And these three things have helped me a ton. Number one is... Okay, now I'm brain farting. I mean, what's the op what's the opposite word of scarcity? Not prosperity. Um, oh, abundance. Uh, I had to cultivate in myself a mindset, a mindset, a mindset of abundance. Oh, okay, here's a good way to explain this. I was I was hanging out uh, in my buddy Aaron Ankrum's studio once. He was talking and he was telling me a story about how he was doing a session once. Uh, with uh, a guy named Joel Hansen, a mentor and friend of his that he really respects, someone I respect too. And he said he was in a studio session and they're going through a song and Joel, I think, was like playing uh, piano and he was playing all these parts, uh, like playing over the track. And all of a sudden he played something, this melody that was super cool. And Aaron like kind of freaked out and said, oh, wait, wait, wait a second, what, what, what was that? What was that thing you were just playing a second ago? Hold on, I got to get things ready uh, and set up right now because we have to record that down. <laughs> Apparently Joel looked at me and goes, dude, calm down. I've got a million of those. And Aaron was like, million of ways, like ideas. I've got a million, I've got a million melodies in my head. If if we forget or miss this one, it's gonna be fine. Just calm down. Let's not scare the idea away. I've got a ton of these ideas. This, there's not a scarcity of melodies in my head. And I, and I but man, it's just I love this approaching life like this too. And this belief that there are a million opportunities out here. If this thing in front of me, if this gig, this opportunity doesn't work out, this isn't like the one thing that is going to make or break the rest of my life. I've got a million opportunities coming my way. So freaking calm down, Morgan. And actually that leads me to the second thing that's really helped me in my life is once I started believing that once I really like understood that, that there are a ton of opportunities coming my way and options and that this isn't the only one. I started realizing that it can be really helpful to, if I want to hold myself in a way that doesn't give a shit, the best way to do that in a situation I do give a shit about is to flip the script in my head and okay, this is mainly for like auditioning situations. I go in and go, man, this, sure, they're auditioning me, but since there's a million opportunities coming my way, I'm actually auditioning them in this scenario too. 
I, this isn't just about me, them. This isn't, this situation isn't just about them trying to figure out if I'm the right person for the gig. This is actually me figuring out if they are the right, if this is the right gig for me right now in this time of my life. Do I like the music? Do I feel like this is a good personal fit? And finally, the very last thing for me, like if I just can't seem to get to this mindset of not giving a shit, th th this phrase I just, I've just burned into my mind is fucking relax. I am convinced that there is no other goal when walking into a room than to be the most relaxed person in the room. In any situation, the most relaxed person wins. The, the greatest things that have happened to me in my life have happened when I've been relaxed. So if I can't just, if I cannot get myself to not give a shit, like the last, like the emergency parachute is, okay, I really do care about this situation, but I'm going to be the most relaxed person in the room. Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations reported all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake and he's in Egypt to attempt it, but he won't budge. So that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy.